Good morning. It is our last day in Cannes. It's Saturday, Cannes XR. We're here. And my guest this morning is Mathieu Labeau. He's from Starbreeze. Welcome. You have something to tell us about what Starbreeze is doing at ConXR? Um, thank you, Justine. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's really a pleasure uh, being here in Cannes again. Um, yeah, I can explain to you a little bit what I'm doing here and what Starbreeze in general is doing and what my team in Brussels is uh, doing with VR. So, uh, so I'll explain where I I'm coming from maybe, and so I can explain how we developed this project and how we are now belonging uh, to Starbreeze. Please. I mean, yeah, so basically <laughs> I started in VR uh, five years ago. Uh -huh. um, we started this, uh, this project called Presence, which is a technology uh, for volumetric movies. So it's a volumetric movie format. Right. And um, so we created a startup around this technology um, from our studio that is also based in Brussels, which is Nozone. Nozone is our studio. So we're also creating content for VR. And uh, we had this technology. What kind of content are you mainly doing? Uh, we created uh, two movies uh, until now. Um, one uh, that is linked to enter space experience that you can still experience in Stockholm, I think. And uh, um, another one is Construct. It's actually a, a movie um, with uh, robots fighting. It's a, it's a very, very interesting movie. It's, uh, it's an action movie in VR. So I believe it's, it's actually the first action movie in VR. And it's the first real um, high-end job that we uh, distributed in our format, in our presence format. Is this the one with robots like jump out of a helicopter and they... No, it's not that or, or one. Or a train or something like that. No, it's not that one. It's a, but I guess robots are used in VR quite, quite much. <laughs> so Construct is distributed in, uh, in France, will be soon distributed in China. Um, and we are partnering here. We are partnering in general with Iconic Engine. Um, well, tell us more about your uh, Construct and your partnership with Iconic Engine. Yeah, so um, basically... Construct is uh, is a movie about uh, robots fighting on the construction site. Okay, uh, that's a movie that we uh, finished last year. Uh, it got uh, two Lumiere awards, so uh, including uh, one for uh, from the audience. So uh, like uh, the most appreciated experience for by the audience uh, That's a good so one the to public have. the public award um, so yeah it's a very important uh, award to get um, and we showed the movie on the iconic engine uh, seat and platform uh, at uh, CinemaCon and NAB, yeah, NAB uh, this year. So that's a very, uh, very cool partnership that we have there. Uh, we are excited to see the possibilities of their mixed platform. Basically, you start watching the. Uh, we adapted the movie to for their platform, so you start watching the movie on their panoramic screen, and mm -hmm. then you put the headset on and you are inside uh, the movie and you switch to VR, basically. That's uh, the adaptation that we, uh, that we made for their, uh, for their platform. 
and we're going to continue uh, distributing Construct as a first uh, example of what we are able to do with our technology presence and with our team in Brussels, our creative team in Brussels. Basically, the original IP is not from us. It's showing also how you can adapt a, a story and material, uh, 3D materials that had been created for standard uh, cinema. So it was, first of all, it was made for a 2D flat experience. Oh. And we took the assets, we took all the material, we re-edited everything, we re-rendered in our format, we recreated the experience to make it like uh, watchable in and enjoyable and great in VR. Wow. So that, that's what we did. And it shows also the, the possibility of doing that with other content. That's what our technology enables. We, we like use the same... What kind of content? We basically, just to take an example. Um, so the tools that we are providing to content creators, they, mm -hmm. are, uh, they plug in on a standard visual effects and 3D animation pipeline. So let's say that someone uh, developed a, created a blockbuster. Right. This blockbuster is full of 3D. Uh, you have a, a scene, uh, let's take an example, we are not working with them, so I can take like, let's say we have Game of Thrones, you know, like mm -hmm. it's like, uh, or, or such kind of movie, or, or Marvel movie, you know, and, and suddenly you can, with our technology, you can re-render the 3D assets directly in VR in, with six degrees of freedom. So we'd be able to have like a gigantic dragon or monster exactly the same than in the movie, right in front of you with the same quality, and you'll be able to actually... Walk uh, around? Uh, yeah, walk around, depending on... on um, on the experience you create, but at least like get closer, see uh -huh. it from different perspective, and have really a feeling to be inside of the movie. That's really our ambition, okay. and that's what our technology enables, and that's what we are providing to content creators. So Construct was uh, a first example of that possibility, and uh, um, I think it succeeded quite well, and people uh, really enjoyed it. But we want to go further. We want to uh, to do it with um, with more uh, famous IPs, with uh, even more qualitative content, mm -hmm. uh, more ambitious projects. That's really what we what we would like to to achieve. Well, that's interesting. But let's go back a little bit because. Yeah. Um, I had the pleasure of hearing a little bit about your history before we went on the mic. And yeah. I'm, I'm curious how you went, because you have a fascinating career first as an academic yeah. and in a very, very specialized subject matter. And I want to know how you give us, you know, tell us a little bit about that and how it led or did not lead you to VR, but how you got there. Yeah, it didn't really lead me to VR uh, but yeah, I, I actually uh, started my career as an academic, uh, teaching uh, literature and uh, art history in uh, Budapest and Brasilia. Um, I specialized in African literature and sub-Saharan uh, African literature in French. I published a book about the, the new generation uh, of uh, African writers. Mm -hmm. That's my first career, I would say. And so I've been always fascinated by uh, histories, by, uh, by storytelling. And, um, and that's why when I met uh, Tristan and the team at NoZone and seeing their ambition of, of putting people inside a story, it's actually something that fascinated me. Uh, well, I can see the link with that, with, you know, 
um, if you're fascinated by literature, that's story yeah. for sure. And art history is, is certainly looking at, you know, the aesthetics and understanding the meaning of the aesthetics. I mean, that's yeah. a very good and strong basis, I think, to come into VR. Yeah, I think, and I and I think it's also like a child dream in a way, you know, uh, to to be able to jump inside your, you know, when you open a book. Uh, basically, you are kind of jumping inside a story, and your brain is working as and creating is, the images. Yeah, is creating the images, and and basically, you would love to be there with the the heroes of the book or Absolutely. with the characters, and uh, and being able to do that to actually achieve it in the virtual world, and being able to put the headset and 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 being uh, teleported inside a, a movie, it's something that is really fascinating. Well, and being fascinated by another diaspora, so the, you know, sub-Saharan African diaspora, yeah. that's another world. And so, you know, at least with VR, we can visit these other worlds in a much more, you know... Yeah, that, that's something a little bit different, but I've been always interested by, by the relationship between... Uh, being an artist and and the world that is around you, so uh, about engagement and like how do you like uh, what what do you talk about as an artist? You know, especially when you are coming from a developing country or from a country that is uh, experiencing troubles. So um, that's also something that that VR can help in terms of of uh, storytelling and in terms of. Uh, of making people understand what it is to to live in a certain area, to live in a, uh, under certain conditions. Um, so, so VR as as a whole is a fascinating medium to to make people understand uh, very different uh, way of living that that what they are actually uh, experiencing on their on their everyday life. So, so. So your your previous career still does match up to your current. Of career. course, of course, and and that's why I'm enjoying it as much as I uh, I do for the moment. You know. Um, but tell me, um, what happened? So you had an experience. You were telling about what made you take the leap into the world of headsets and volumetric. Yeah, that's basically meeting the. You know, it's basically life. You know, you meet some people at a certain moment, and you, and they are bringing you to their to their dream and you just like, okay, I, I will join you there. It's not basically, that was not my initiative at first to say okay. like, I'm gonna develop something in VR. I just met some some great people at Nozone that had that dream and and they needed someone to uh, to develop the business, to develop the project, to, uh, to be uh, there alongside with them, you know, and and that's what we have done now for five years, you know, building this project together, um, going from a, from a startup uh, to being acquired by Starbreeze. Um, that Which is, is based in Stockholm? Yeah, Starbreeze is based in Stockholm. It's actually a, uh, a game uh, developer and uh, publisher Okay. that invested a lot uh, from 2014 in VR, um, starting, I mean, acquiring a, uh, a company developing a headset. Mm-hmm. They rebranded it and named it the, the Star VR. So that's a project that that is on hold for the moment, but the, uh, that was uh, basically helping defining the standards for uh, for visual quality uh, that you need to have for a headset to 
you know, to be successful on the market in the, in the future. So it was very high resolution uh, set with a very wide field of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was the first of its kind. And now it's defining, it defines, you know, what, what headsets will be in the future. Which we hope are lighter and more enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, but that's basically the... It's the common, yes. It's coming, it's coming. But higher, higher resolution as well, you know, and wide field of view, it's something that... Um, that helps the immersion, and that's what the StarVR project developed. So we've been working with them uh, in 2016, 2017, and 2018 mostly, showcasing what we believe uh, high-end cinematic should be. I mean, StarVR project is on hold, but we are pursuing our our project ourselves. Um, with presence, trying to push um, new projects that have this better quality like uh, um, and really we are trying to achieve very very high-end visual quality and very comfortable immersion and bring a storytelling that makes sense uh, for people to 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 enjoy that kind of movie so we uh, I can tell you maybe a little bit more about what we're gonna have in the future sure. yeah so we have one one project now that is under development so we are uh, raising uh, money for it uh, looking for um, for investors so it's uh, uh, I don't know if you know minuscule no uh, minuscule basically is uh, is a a series of uh, short format very short format for television like two minutes um, and telling stories about insects mm-hmm. having small stories and small interactions with each other. And uh, the main character is a beetle. And they created like two feeder films afterwards. The latest one was released uh, beginning uh, 2019. And now we are, uh, we want to, to make a VR movie with this, uh, with this IP and in this world. So I think it's going to be very, very, uh, very fun. Because the old world is about playing with the scale of the insect being at their uh, size or being like a giant for them. Or, you know, you can play right. a lot with that. Yeah. And it's also uh, a very funny world. Those insects <laughs> are actually, uh, it's a cartoon, you know. So right. it's going gonna, it's gonna to be for a very broad audience. Um, so that's one project that I can talk about because we are uh, openly um, uh, looking for co-producers. Another I mean, my project is that I really want to uh, to see what's going to be the distribution for cinematic content, uh, VR cinematic content. So that's why we partnership with Iconic Engine because I think we they have a very ambitious uh, project and their way of of developing a platform that is mixing uh, screens and VR is very interesting. And I'm also looking at at very different ways of of developing, uh, of distributing, sorry, VR cinematic content, uh, multi-viewer, you know, having like a lot of people experiencing it at the same time. How do you build this kind of, uh, do you need interaction? Do you need people just to see each other, uh, just to to see uh, the reaction they have in in front of the content? You know, what it is that makes makes us want to go to the to the theater or to the to cinema and enjoying and, yeah. and enjoying a movie together right. uh, you know that's what is missing in vr for the mm-hmm. moment as well you know because you are just there alone the social aspect yes yeah. the social aspects for uh, for cinematic vr is kind of missing for the moment and that's why you know uh, multiplayer games are working so well in vr now because you are going there uh, playing those games with your friends 
or with people that you or don't know about. Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're going there, you're enjoying a game together, then you talk about it after having a coffee or a drink or a burger or whatever. And, uh, and that's what makes it so successful. And we need to have that with cinematic content as well, you know? So, so I think cinematic content will be very successful in certain uh, circumstances. Like you want to relax, you're going home, uh, you just put your headset on and you just relax in front of, of a very relaxing, you know, inside a very relaxing experience. So that's one thing. But if you want to develop entertainment further, I think you need to develop the social aspect of of, uh, of the experience. Well, from what I've heard and seen, I think a lot of companies are, you know, figure that out and are looking at different ways. You know, yeah. it could be in Germany and watching your headset all together at one time. It could be... Yeah. Um, more AR experiences that you can do together and nobody's True. in a headset. So it's good. I mean, it's good to see the industry push along those lines and say, we need to make it less solitary and also a little more um, public. Yeah, obviously we are not, and I'm not the only one uh, thinking oh, no, about no, no, this. No, 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 no. But, it, and, but and, it sounds yeah. like you're on the right trend. I'm yeah. just trying to validate the Yeah, the of course, here. of course. And, and that's why I think it's very important because we see everyone trying to solve this problem. And you know, for the moment, uh, the industry is sometimes taking a shortcut, like, okay, games are providing this this social aspect, so let's go for games, let's distribute games, you know? But I strongly believe in uh, in VR cinematic and the power of, of storytelling, you know? Absolutely. Of, you don't want always to to, uh, to impersonate a, a character and play a game. Sometimes right. you just want to... Observe. To, to, to observe, you know, <laughs> yeah. and to, uh, and to uh, be told a great story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So... I think that is one thing that... Um, I mean, there is usually, or there should be, some kind of story in games at least there is some story maybe not in beat saber i mean but yeah but usually there is and i think story what we all forget is you know that's gone back since you know we are prehistoric drawing on caves story's been in our lives it's hardwired into our brain we can't you can't get around it so of course it's more powerful and of course, we should look at ways to enhance and improve the technology so we're better better storytellers. And you're right. I think games are a shortcut. I mean, they're important. Yeah. Uh, games are important. They've helped advance the technology. They have helped familiarize people with the, the technology. So it's good stuff. But it's good that you're um, also coming back to thinking about what do we do with the story the one that is, you know, a primal need. I totally agree with with you. I mean, it's it's really important to uh, to be able to to tell stories in a very powerful way. Um, we've been doing that for thousands of years, uh, and and I think VR is is a, is a powerful medium to to tell stories. So so we should really. Uh, explore it to the end you know or explore it to to what it can really bring and and solve those little issues that makes people maybe like or make the industry less profitable for the moment because this is the big thing you right, know it's right. like it's the business around it it's like how can we make this easy to distribute profitable for everyone <laughs> because that's that's how we're going to achieve right. uh but tell me a little story. bit about volumetric capturing and how what it is specifically about volumetric capturing that you see helps move the the story forward. Like, 
Yeah, so that's what I'm going to talk about uh, later today. At, <laughs> uh, yeah, we have a... Uh, so Stereopsia and uh, XR4All is organizing a, a, a talk around volumetric capturing and volumetric uh, movies and volumetric storytelling and how it helps um, Hollywood moving forwards in, in different aspects. So uh, I'm going to talk about uh, volumetric... How do you capture humans uh -huh. uh, for, uh, for, let's see, a volumetric experience of six degrees of freedom experience? For us, basically, we are not developing those technologies. Uh, it was a, it's more like a need for our own experiences. Mm -hmm. So to roll back a little bit to what we are doing, we are rendering images from 3D content uh, the same way you do for uh, for a blockbuster. So so we can render transformer robots or or the apes from Planet of the Apes. Or, uh, you know, so this quality of of CG we can achieve it in VR. That's what okay. we are providing. But we need to have humans in those experiences, in those stories. You know, so I mean, CG content is great, but if we really want to build the industry further, you need to have humans. In those stories. Well, I kind of like to think of myself as not being forced to identify with an ape in Planet exactly. of the Apes. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, no, or it's, a car it's, and, yeah, you know. yeah, exactly. So, so at some point you need to have realistic humans in those experiences because we can have great CG. That's, that's a fact. We proved it. So, but how do you bring humans in those experiences? Humans that look very realistic, that have a high resolution, um, that don't look weird yeah. because the, the, the problem now it's either you get a poor quality mm -hmm. or you get an uncanny experience uh, they almost look animated to me like you know or it depends cartoon, what you, yeah, cartoon it de drawn or something yeah it depends how I mean not to enter too much into details but basically there are two main ways of of, of capturing uh, or bringing people into uh, a volumetric environment mm -hmm. It's either you do a video capture, either with cameras that are around the room, yeah, yeah, around, yeah, around the, the, the character, or, yeah, like a stage, yeah. yeah. It's like a stage full of cameras all around the character, and you do videogrammetry, and then you get like a full uh, video of of the, the person. Um, but the resolution usually is quite low. You have a lot of artifacts, so you need a, to clean a lot. Um, so it's not perfect. And you have also the light field technology, which creates a lot of content. And for the moment, you have a problem of the minimal distance between the cameras and the actor. So what makes, what makes VR amazing is this proximity and this presence. That's what we call our technology presence. And um, it's, it's the ability for you to be at 20 centimeters of your uh, favorite actor. You know, that's, that's basically what we want to achieve in VR and have this actor looks real and not uncanny at all, not animated. So the other way of doing it, it's actually capturing a fixed model of that person and reanimate it with motion capture or with by hand, you know? Mm -hmm. But that looks uncanny. It doesn't it's not fully working for the moment. You still have the feeling that it's not a a, a real person in front of you. So it gives a very, very good quality, but it's still uncanny. I mean our brain is and the way we perceive the fact that we have another human in front of us is very complex. It's we have been building that for for thousands of years because that's how we that's how we interpret the uh, what the other person wants, you know. So so we are able to uh, 
to understand a lot of expressions from this person. If this person is feeling good, is feeling uh, annoyed, is feeling uh, excited, is feeling... Uh, uh, well, there's you know, a sixth sense that we've developed to, because we have to be able to ascertain in, in milliseconds, is this person a threat or not? So we still have, the, you know, our ancestral psychology. Exactly, exactly. And it's coming from so many little expre small expressions on your face, right. you know, that are very, very hard to reproduce. It's mm -hmm. extremely complex. So we are not there yet uh, if we do reanimation. If we do reanimation, uh, it's, it's what you say, you know, they look like animated character and that... That's going to be solved, but uh, it's extremely complex to, to achieve that. So, so, yeah. So bringing humans inside uh, volumetric uh, environments and, and make volumetric movies or movies with six degrees of freedom where you can mm -hmm. actually move freely in uh, is extremely complex. Last question, Mathieu. What's next? For you. <laughs> What's next for me? Um, I, want to, I want to continue that because I think we are not there yet. We are not there. I mean, my vision of what a uh, good uh, VR movie is, I haven't seen it yet. So okay. I still want to, to push it further. And for that, we, we need the distribution to to be in place okay. so that we can get the finance we can get like the the money for the production it's an emerging market technology world so so we cannot expect it to to be able like to build like uh, 10 million movies easily you know it was at the beginning it was possible for a few movies to to get um, that kind of money but that was because everybody was excited now it's a real it, it's getting real so it's it's a real business you need to develop it as a real business and for that we need the distribution to be in place we need people to to actually have access to the headset because when people have access to the headset they enjoy it everybody enjoys it It's like, I haven't seen anyone who said like, oh, that's crap. When, a, when it's a good experience, everybody enjoys it. And people are ready to pay for it. So, so we need to put the distribution in place and, and then get money for making high quality uh, VR cinematics. So that's basically the future is, it's linked to business. You know, you can have like big dreams, but but we need to, to build a, a, real, a real business around it. And that's why I'm trying to push with my team and with all the people I, I meet here in Cannes, and I think, uh, I think we're going to achieve it. That's a great note to end on. We like the positivity <laughs> for the industry. Thank you so much, Mathieu, for joining us this morning, and keep going. Yes, we will. <laughs>